The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters. Looking forward to having this conversation today on having difficult conversations. Leadership Matters comes to you uh, really providing an opportunity to inform leaders and inspire solutions. Helping us with our discussion today is Jordan Goldrich, a partner with Custom Matrix, which is a, I want to say, executive services consulting firm based in San Diego, California. Jordan, is that a good description of Custom Matrix, or do you want to that add to that? great. Thank you, Cheryl. It's pleasure yes. to be here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Valerie is also with us, our associate producer and CEO of Right Ideals Incorporated based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Valerie, thank you also for being on the line. Thank you, Dr. G. Always a pleasure. Great. As I said in our opening today, we are looking forward to really having a conversation on having difficult conversations, which is something I know Jordan is an expert on, which is why I've asked him to join us. Before we dive into this conversation, Valerie, would you be so kind as to provide our listeners with the email address and phone number that they can call in to be join us and be part of this conversation? Sure. The number uh, to call for questions is one eight six six four seven two. Five seven nine zero. The email address is Dr. G at Innovisions dot org, and that's Dr. G at Innovisions I N N O V I S I O N S dot org. Wonderful. Thank you, Valerie. Mm-hmm. And we won't limit to just having um, questions called in. If someone has a perspective that they'd like to share on a question that has been asked or just the perspective they want to share on this topic, we welcome you to call in as well. So with that, Valerie, would you um, start us off with our first question from the listening audience? Yes. We have a question from, question from Pauletta in Georgia. She says, I manage a production team for a manufacturing group. I have a project that I know we're not going to meet the deadline for uh, producing the report to our plant manager as promised, that our plant manager promised the CEO we would have completed. There's a seven-day window before it's due. As you can imagine, I'm dreading the conversation. Should I, have, I should have had it three days ago. How do I approach my manager with this problem? Ooh, Paulette. I feel for you, or Pauletta, thank you so much for um, calling in your question. I think that is a definitely a tough one. Uh, Jordan, you want to maybe um, share your response, and then I will piggyback on it. And Valerie, invite you to 
say anything that you might have to say to Pauletta as well. Sure. Let's bounce it back and forth a little bit because there's lots of information that we don't know. Right. Um, I, my, my immediate thought is um, you always want to deliver bad news early. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's my that's my first thought. I guess I'm wondering um, a little bit about um, what it is that the obstacle is, and is this a systemic obstacle? Is it a performance issue? Is it uh, that it wasn't clear? Um, but clearly, um, clearly in terms of uh, you know, it's communicate early when things aren't going to go right. And I guess the other thing that comes up for me is um, uh, I'm reading a very interesting book right now, which was recommended by one of my clients um, who I, I coach executives in various industries. And the, and the name of the book is called Being Indispensable or How to Be Indispensable. And their, uh, their um, principle in there is to always take full accountability. The book stops here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those are my first couple of thoughts. Why don't you kick it around a little bit? Yeah, and, and um, I would agree. And I think at this point for Pauletta, she's probably saying, yeah, I guess that's a lesson learned with regards to communicating early. And um, because it sounds like she's within that window of probably not being so early. I love your thought with regards to always take full responsibility. I think at this point what Pauletta does not want to do is dump this in anyone's lap. And so really figuring out how she can get it together and uh, maybe what she wants to communicate is, is that, what is the, you know, what is the status and, um, and it is, you know, and I, and I don't know, my default approach is always the AI and it's, and it's, um, you know, here's where we are as relates to, um, here's, here's where the project is and, uh, where we're moving is taking care of this, this, this. And I know the goal was to have it to you by X date. At this point, the due date looks like, X, I mean, it looks like we're going to be able to pull this off at X date. Um, and um, my hope is that that will, you know, still meet the needs and just, I'm thinking, just be apologetic, Pauletta, and, but still letting them know that you accept full responsibility of delivering now as quickly as possible as, as effective as possible, and what you're going to do in the future to not miss a deadline so that there doesn't become a uh, trustworthiness issue with regards to if you say you're going to do it, you do it, versus you say you're going to do it and then wondering, okay, are you going to pull it off and do it? Uh, just top of mind response, uh, Valerie, you have anything to add or, Jordan, in retrospect, anything you come back with? Valerie, let's go to you first. Yeah, I think uh, the other is to be as positive as possible, not chipper, cheerful or chipper, but at least have a positive disposition about the situation, um, not not representing it as um, overly positive, but definitely a positive um, disposition, as well as have some options and alternatives that um, she's thought about in terms of where they can go, how close they might get, you know, in terms of what you said, where they are and what they think they can achieve by that time and what other options and alternatives may be available. And then, you know, in terms of uh, how they might, what the, what the ramifications may be and how they might even address those after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jordan, anything else you would add? 
Sure, yeah, and, and this is actually building on what both of you said um, on, on Valerie's comment. Uh, it's still seven days away, so it's not that late. And it, it is, there's still time to say what of this is the most important for you. It's possible that there, there's a piece of this deliverable that's critical. And if she hears what it is, she can then um, deliver on that, if not the whole thing. I think that's a great idea. And and I would add that, too, um, also just underscore that, um, Jordan, with regards to really making sure that she creates that space for um, absorbing what comes back, be it additional direction, be it an expression of, of um, disappointment, but um, that she be prepared to absorb it and give with it and go with it in the most um, productive uh, way possible. Uh, Pauletta, thank you so much for your question. Uh, Valerie, you have another question from our listening audience. I do. I have uh, Sydney from California, and Sydney, um, the question is directly uh, is directed to Jordan. It says, "Will you discuss?" the one-up, one-down concept you presented in your training and how that can apply in making one a stronger leader? Very interesting. Obviously, I've met Sydney before. Hi, Sydney. <laughs> um, so, so the one-up, one-down concept says that there are two parts to any communication. One part of the communication is whatever we happen to be talking about. If we're talking about when can you deliver this deliverable like Paulette was just discussing, then we're talking about what's the date. Right at the moment, we're talking about um, <clears throat> communication, the one-up, one-down communication. Um, there is also a relationship aspect to every communication. And the way that I discussed it, at, at least in whatever workshop um, I met Sydney in, um, it was that I can be communicating to you. Right now I'm communicating essentially one up, one down, which is to say teacher, student, or expert, listener. Uh, the assumption I'm making is that, um, that I have a piece of information about this that's valuable. I'm not communicating that I'm a better human being, but that, that I have a piece of information that perhaps the audience doesn't have. And actually, Sydney approached me from the one-down uh, position, which is to say, would you please explain this, et cetera. And the other way you can approach is equal. So it's one up, one down one way, one up, one down the other way, and the other way is equal. Um, there's a concept called servant leadership, which is that even though the leader of an organization has the authority to do some things, um, probably... Um, uh, without getting any buy-in from anyone else, one of the concepts is, is if the leader is always placing him or herself in service to other people, which is the one down, then that's a very powerful both motivator and position. So um, in terms of customer service or in terms of being a consultant, if you're going to be talking to your boss, it could sound like this. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't provide another perspective. Do you want to hear it? So I'm asking permission. Uh, if you're a leader and you're talking to uh, employees who are in the hierarchy lower than you, you might say, you know, I, I need your feedback on this. Will this work? 
and essentially what you're saying, you're placing yourself in the one down. So in healthy relationships, it goes back and forth very quickly from one down to one up to equal. And uh, the one down position in leadership in terms of communicating respect, in terms of communicating um, that I need you and that you're valuable and that you uh, know things that I might not can be very powerful leadership tools. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Sydney from California, thank you so much for um, asking Jordan that question. You know, what comes to mind as you um, share that, Jordan, is just how in taking that position, um, it allows one to come across as humble. Yeah. And um, so egos removed. And I could see that really being something that could be very um, helpful in difficult conversations. Ray, Valerie, anything you would add? No, I, I agree. I think it disarms any defensiveness and helps people come into a, uh, the conversation with an openness, uh, which is always good, especially if it's a difficult conversation. Okay. Again, thank you so much, uh, Jordan, for your input on that, and thank you, Sydney from California, uh, for that question. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Valerie, another question? Yes, we have a question from Cynthia in California. Cynthia says, there are so many times when I know that I should go speak with a colleague or a team member regarding a work situation. Sometimes it isn't even a bad situation. It's just that I I don't always know how the other person will react, which gives me great anxiety. In the past, I've tried and things went badly. I would really like to be a better manager, and this feels like failure, like I'm stuck. What should I say and do to ensure positive outcomes? Mm. All right. Uh, Jordan, do you want to, um, Alex, you know what? It looks like we actually need to transition very shortly into a break. Can I have you think about that one, Jordan? And um, when we come back, we'll be ready to respond to Cynthia's question. I'm going to ask our listening audience to please stay with us while we take a short break. And we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Thank you, and we're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl G, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. And with us today, we have Jordan Goldrich, a partner with Custom Matrix, an executive services um, firm that's based here in San Diego, California. Also on the line is Valerie Wright, our associate producer and CEO of Wright's Ideals, Incorporated, based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Thank you both, Jordan and Valerie. Good to be here, Dr. T. Mm-hmm. So today we're talking about having difficult conversations. And right before our break, we received a question that Valerie had shared with us from Cynthia in California. And, Jordan, we asked that you would uh, respond to it when we got back. Do you need to hear the question again? I think it would be a good idea to say it again, yeah. Great. Thank you, Valerie. Would you, would you mind reading that to us again? Okay. The question says, there are so many times when I know that I should go speak with a colleague or team member regarding a work situation. Sometimes it isn't even a bad situation. It's just I don't always know how the other person will react, which gives me great anxiety. In the past, when I have tried and things went badly, then things went badly, I would really like to be a better manager, and this feels like failure, like I'm stuck. What should I say and do to ensure positive outcomes? So, so great. So, Valerie, what is our listener's name again? Cynthia. Cynthia. So, Cynthia, you're absolutely 100% correct that the, the ability to speak, I'm going to call it speak powerfully, uh, without damaging relationships is a critical, critical piece of leadership. So, Really, up until even middle management, um, the ability to push back, to stand alone, to disagree, to handle conflict. Um, while it's important, the higher you get, the more important it is. And um, and so I would really, I, I really, you're, you're totally right on about that. Um, there are a couple of, there are two parts to it. it one part is what do you say, and the other part is how do you handle it internally. So let's say that somebody does get angry with you or upset with you or 
communicates that they don't like you or something like that. Um, it's very, very important for people who are leaders to uh, be able to tolerate other people expressing strong negative emotions to them, uh, either on a one-time or an ongoing basis. In other words, it can't be that important to be liked and it can't be that important to be thought that you're competent. You have to be able to tolerate that other people don't like you, don't agree with you, etc. The trick is not to get very defensive with it and to be able to continue to hear them and maintain relationships. So that, that is a big, big part of it. Um, the second part of it is how do you, you know, what do you actually say? And I'd like to go back to Sydney's question about the one-down position um, and just give some techniques. One technique would be, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job as your. So it could be I wouldn't be doing my job as your employee if I didn't give you another perspective on this. Do you want to hear it? This is all from the one-down service position. Um, Another option, another option would be to appear. I want to be as helpful as I can, and I think the way I could be most helpful is to point out this other thing. Do you want to hear it? Um, in customer service, for instance, let's imagine that you have an upset customer who is, um, or an upset client who has called and, or is standing in front of you telling you how you messed up. And you know that you need to ask a bunch of questions. Uh, in order to figure out how to fix it. So it's good to preface, preface that by saying, you know, I, I want to be as helpful as I can. Or you start off with, I'm sorry, and I want to fix this and be as helpful as I can. I need to ask you a bunch of questions. Would that be okay before launching into the question? So those are some techniques. But behind it is the ability to maintain your balance um, when you are um, uh, getting a lot of negative uh, or disagreement. So I'm thinking, Cheryl and, and Valerie, do you want to talk about what it takes to to be able to do that? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm loving what you're um, giving Cynthia because I think what you're giving her are some um, good techniques and the mechanics behind how to respond and some thoughts with regards to making sure that she's able to self-monitor to herself and not get hooked. And I think in Cynthia's question, sometimes it seems as if she was saying that even when it's a good message, she sometimes isn't having the impact uh, that she's intending to have. And where that takes me, Cynthia, is to um, just mention to you to really think about um, doing some exploration around things that you might want to do to increase your own um, sensitivity to others' responses. So really researching some things around emotional intelligence. So how do you actually monitor your own and others' emotions and then use that information to guide you in your communication. Uh, I think as you become a little bit more aware of your own style and how your style impacts others, that can increase your ability to self-regulate and to co-regulate with others and become a little bit more reflective. So I would invite you to um, really Google some things and look at emotional intelligence as well as consider um, engaging in some self-discovery around some things like um, temperament, um, interaction styles, um, David 
Kersey has a book on uh, Please Understand Me. Linda Barron's also has some really good work that she does around temperament and interaction styles. And then you have the DISC that you could also Google and find people who actually could um, support you and really learning some things about um, yourself. Workplace Big Five is probably another instrument that could um, shed some um, insight. So be it the Myers-Briggs, temperament, interaction styles, all those things, Cynthia, can increase your awareness of yourself, which then may increase your ability to self-regulate and co-regulate with others so that your um, impact is more aligned with your intention. Um, Valerie or Jordan, anything you add for Cynthia? I don't think I can add anything to that, Dr. G. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I'm wondering... Um, if if Cynthia were to say to her colleagues something like, you know, I'm working on my communication and I want to get better at communication. And she, you know, colleagues that she trusts, and she might say, uh, do you think I'm working on the right thing? And they might say yes or they might say no or whatever it is they would say. And uh, then she could say, well, what, what behaviors would you want to see from me so that going forward, um, you know, you would say I'm getting better at this particular thing. So it could, be commu- it could be just communication in general. It could be negative feedback, which is telling somebody something that they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be, you know, it's hard to know what this is about because there are so many different kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. But I do know that... Um, uh, one of the things that we in the executive coaching field do a lot of is encourage people to ask for, to let other people know they're working on a goal, they recognize that they're not great at it, and, and just ask their colleagues, people that they trust. Now the possibility is finding somebody in the workplace who um, they know and trust who's a lot better at it than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just say, would you, would you coach me? Mm-hmm. willing to coach me on how to do this. Mm-hmm. So those are a couple of, of thoughts as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that, asking for feedback to increase the awareness, uh, finding a coach, be it someone in the workplace or someone outside of her workplace, um, to kind of uh, mentor and support her in developing or even identifying what are the key spaces that she might want to, what might be connected to what's going on for her. So, Cynthia, hopefully that gives you some food for thought. And uh, thank you so much for sending in your question. Valerie, you have another question for us. I do. I have a question from Joyce in Nevada. Uh, Nevada. <laughs> I am a manager in a small company and supervise 12 people. I have to have difficult conversations often to address things like inappropriate dress, unacceptable personal hygiene, um, potentially sexually harassing behavior, and uh, and other things. I think I've been as successful as I have completely bombed. How can I distinguish when the results are because of where the person is and when the result is because I didn't approach the situation appropriately? Oh, wow. That's That's a very insightful and good question to be asking, Joyce. I appreciate that. Looks like we need to begin to transition to a break. So, Joyce, I'm going to, um, again, ask Jordan and Valerie to reflect a little bit on your question. And when we get back from our break, look forward to sharing some thoughts that hopefully can um, 
help you begin to think about how you might explore some solutions. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Thank you. We're back to more on Leadership Matters. Cheryl G. with the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. On the line with us today, we also have Jordan Goldrich, partner with Custom Matrix, based here in San Diego as well, and Valerie Wright, associate producer and CEO of Wright Ideals Incorporated, based, based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Jordan, before we went to break, we had a question that was asked of um, Joyce in Nevada, and uh, Val, I'm going to ask you to read the question again, and then we'll start off with you, Jordan, and then we'll um, kick it around and see if we can give Joyce some um, food for thought for hopefully um, beginning her search for some solutions. Okay. Uh, Joyce's question states, I am a manager in a small company and supervise 12 people. I have to have difficult conversations often to address things like inappropriate dress, unacceptable personal hygiene, potentially sexually harassing behavior, and other things. I think I've been as successful as I have completely bombed. How can I distinguish when the results are because of where the person is and when the result is because I didn't approach the situation appropriately? Mm, Joyce, thank you again for that. such a great question, Mm -hmm. and and it's such a complex thing to answer. I think right off the top of my head, it's very difficult to tell mm-hmm. uh, which is which. Um, one of my basic 
principles of life is that the only thing I can control is what I do, what I think, what my intention is. So that if I have to deliver a message to somebody and they are completely committed to this is going to be one nasty, miserable conversation because I don't want to hear what you have to say, Jordan, or I don't want to hear what you have to say, Joyce. There is absolutely nothing you can do to change that. And so, so that, part, that, that observation is, is very clear in your question that you recognize there are times people just do not want to hear it or will not be reasonable or will not compromise or will not... Um, They've just decided this is this is not something that they're going to take in and hear for whatever reason. The other side of it is is that um, if that's true, then um, what you can do is you can communicate in a good faith effort to let people know, and this goes back to the one down or the servant leadership. Um, what it is that you need to tell them because of your job or because of your concern for their career or because of your concern for customers or the business or whatever it happens to be. So I would like to say that if you are telling people, there are two kinds of difficult conversations. There's a difficult conversation that occurs um, around something that is a disciplinary issue, that if somebody continues to do something, um, that it will lead to um, that this is going to lead to discipline, and then the other kind is one is where it's coaching. The other one is where it's coaching, and um, you're just giving them some negative feedback, and you're really looking for mutual agreement. So let me say, when you're talking about inappropriate dress or sexual harassment, really the implication is that. Um, this is a disciplinary issue or a termination issue, and it needs to stop. And I do a lot of teaching of managers about how do you be successful in the conversation, and the bottom line is that if you tell them the information in a compassionate and um, concerned way, but a direct way, that if this particular behavior doesn't stop or this other behavior doesn't start, this is where you're going to end up with the intention of both helping the business and also helping them keep their job, then you've done a 100% fine job, particularly if you've, done that, if you've communicated it in such a way that a person sitting on the uh, wrongful termination jury or the discrimination jury uh, says, no, no. You told them fairly, so it's got to be clear, it's got to be direct, and your success is not based on them saying, thank you, you were right. It doesn't matter whether they're angry, crying, blaming, denying, etc. You don't control that. For most of the conversations, that same thing is true, that you don't control how someone else is going to react, but for most of the conversations that you would have on a day-to-day -day basis, it's important for there to be give and take and for there to be some mutuality to it. And again, um, one way to look around is does this person have this same issue with everybody? Um, another issue would be is it a disciplinary versus a non-disciplinary issue? So let me stop there and toss it over to Cheryl and Valerie and um, have a chance to listen to what their thoughts are. Okay, great. Uh, thank you, Jordan. Valerie, anything you would add? 
I think sometimes um, circling back and just having a second conversation in terms of, you know, in a, a very um, subtle way, having the conversation about how why it went so well or if it didn't go so well, maybe ha- rehabbing the conversation um, and getting more feedback. Mm-hmm. And maybe getting a, uh, some distinction from there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I absolutely um, appreciated, uh, Jordan, your emphasis with regards to um, having the conversation, uh, being clear on expectations, and also being clear on what's in it for this person, so really expressing our concern for them um, in order for them to be successful in this job, in order for them to be successful in their next job if they're being terminated. But you know, but it's really why am I having this conversation? And when we can have the conversation in a way, I, it takes me to um, also the um, a nice uh, reference with regards to the Four Agreements um, that book. And who, do you remember the uh, Ruiz um, as the author of that? But his first agreement was be impeccable with your word, and um, it was using your word. Um, in the direction of truth and compassion. So saying what I need to have to say in a compassionate way, um, being very clear and also, again, being really clear about the, um, you know, why this is not only helpful for the organization, but really what's in it for this individual and and um, why this will also help them in their development. So what's in it for them as well, I think, is uh a good thing for Joyce to think about. And um, in short of actually doing what Valerie has indicated with regards to getting some feedback, you might have a question in your mind as to, ah, if it re- really will, um, is it because of of how you positioned it or their position? I think is um, you won't know for sure. However, I think going back also to where Jordan started off with, what is the person's disposition? I think being mindful of the person's disposition then to really also begin to, it uh, goes back to being reflective and thinking about is there a way to transition this person to a better space as you're preparing to deliver that conversation, may or may not be able to help them make that shift, um, but do thy duty to thy best, leave it to the powers that be sometimes the rest is probably where I would land on that. Um, Valerie or Jordan, anything else you'd add for Joyce? I think part of it is staying connected as well. I would encourage her just to stay connected with mm-hmm. people and stay connected in the conversation, um, paying attention to what's happening in the conversation would be an indication of why things went well and why they didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that she can actually see when did it take a turn. Exactly. And, and um, yeah, so really being mindful in the in the end that can support her then in being reflective and kind of learning from the experience. Absolutely. And yeah. and after the fact, just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because maybe the conversation didn't go so well, but the information gets across, so if you stay connected, she'll get that feedback. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you again, Joyce from Nevada. Valerie, do you have another question? I have a question from Johnson in California. Okay. It said, when I know I have to have a conversation that isn't fun, I get distracted and lose focus on my work and other matters until I have the conversation. 
The ironic thing is I tend to procrastinate on having it, and the longer I postpone it, the more distracted I become. How can I break this cycle and move with decisiveness to have these hard talks as soon as they come to my attention? Okay. Uh, any thoughts that either of you want to lead with? So sounds to me, I mean, what what... What the listener is saying is just so, so typical. In fact, I do it myself, and I teach people how to do this stuff. So um, these conversations are among the most difficult that managers have to have, and the idea of consistently you know, giving negative feedback and maintaining the relationship is so, so difficult and so complex. And we also live in a in a society where the consequences for the manager, the manager really has to be uh, very good at it. So it doesn't surprise me that um, we don't get what's called fight-flight response, which is uh, that, that part of our brain that triggers adrenaline and gets us either to run like crazy or fight like crazy. So I think there's a little fight-flight going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, my thought would be to learn how to take some deep breaths and calm it down, but have a, uh, <clears throat> have a, uh, either an internal coach or a uh, uh, peer who you can run these by, usually having, having the conversation, explain, uh, getting in touch with why you, you need to do it, what are the consequences of not doing it and kind of having somebody that you can kind of role play it with and look at well if i say it this way if i say it that way and then once you've gone public and that person is going to ask you well did you have the conversation that definitely will push you more in the direction of having it um, these are always better done early than late mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. sometimes you know it, it's totally understandable these are very difficult and complex conversations and yeah. everybody avoids them Yes. You know, and it's um, interesting. I think I was sharing with you guys over the break. I uh, Maybe, I don't know if it was three weeks, four weeks ago, Oprah had a um, segment on her, I think it was her life class, that was on hard conversations. And um, it was really kind of talking about this very same thing with regards to why do people put off having difficult conversations. And uh, much of what you're saying, Jordan, a lot of it is about, you know, fear of how the other person is going to respond um, maybe fear that's going to be confrontational, and um, some of the suggestions that came out there, um, they actually identified seven steps, which I did take notes on. I'm going to pull them up, but it looks like I'm getting another indication that I need to transition to a break. So with that, um, Johnson, I'm going to ask you to stay tuned and ask the rest of our listening audience to stay with us as well while we take a short break, and we will be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. 
Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at innovations.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Johnson, again, thank you so much for your for your um, question with regards to how can you uh, break this cycle of postponing having these difficult conversations. And I was uh, referencing an episode that I'd seen on Oprah's Life Lessons, and I wrote down the steps, but I'm sure that my um, reciting them will not do any justice. I will not do as much justice as the full conversation that that episode had. It might be something you can Google and watch for yourself and kind of get some thoughts on. But um, her seven steps were acknowledge, clarify expectations with regards to why do you want to have this conversation. Is it to heal? Is it to grow? Is it to expand? Is it to resolve something? Invite the other person into the conversation. Set some ground rules for the conversation. You must be willing to listen. Be willing to be wrong if you think um about what you think they will say or what's going on or what your perceptions have been, and then agree on the next steps. You know, my other thoughts, um, Johnson, as I heard that, is it, I don't, I remember the title of a book, you know, I don't know if it was back in the 70s, 80s, Jordan, you guys might help me out there, but it was feel the fear and do it anyway. I just think that that's what we have to sometimes lean into this comfort of doing and really have a process to support you in having the conversation. My um, framework, you know, has always been I love the AI approach, which is the uh, appreciative inquiry. Again, it's really, you know, what do I appreciate? What is it that I need to see next? Uh, or what is it that I'm wanting? And then opening it up for brainstorming in a very flexible way as to how to get it. 
and then agreeing upon, you know, what can happen so that that's kind of like how I go about having those conversations. Jordan, I know we both are familiar with the SBI model with regards to situation, behavior, impact, um, and having the, um, you know, some conversation regarding suggestions if it's exploratory and coaching and expectations if it's performance management. You want to say something more on the situation, behavior, impact model, Jordan? You know, part of my thought is, let me, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's hard to do this in a very brief period. Um, <clears throat> I would highlight from Oprah's that you start the conversation off with uh, what your positive intention is. Mm-hmm. So if it's an employee and I'm going to have a conversation with them about coming in late, the positive intention is really it's probably good customer service and good teamwork, and part of my job is to support them in developing their career. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. situation behavior impact is this morning you came in late. That situation and behavior impact is you know it's making me think I got to have a conversation with you and other people have noticed it and it's getting uncomfortable and this is the ninth time we've had the conversation and I'm beginning to think I may have to move into some more coaching or even discipline with you and I don't want to do that and then you throw it over to them and say so what do you think. Mm-hmm. I love that, and I love starting the SBI model off with the positive intention because I think that that's really what helps to um, connect to that space of partnering is when we're having this conversation and it's for mutual gain. Uh, so I absolutely love that framing. Uh, Valerie, anything you'd add for Johnson? I think one of the things is not to overthink or anticipate an outcome of the conversation other than the, the – um, positive result, but not anticipate anything other than having the conversation, not how the person would react, how you would react. Um, And then the other is not to rehearse what you're going to say, because we tend to start thinking in our minds, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that. And so as we engage in the conversation, we tend not to hear what the other person is saying, because we've rehearsed statements we want to make sure get into the conversation. So I think it's go into that conversation open, um, willing to hear and be heard. Mm-hmm. I love that uh, too, Valerie. And I, and I might add for someone who might be afraid then that they might miss out an opportunity to cover things, even to write notes. It's okay to go into a conversation and have some bullets. But I think what we're saying, don't get so stuck on what it is you want to right. communicate that you're not listening to what the other person is saying and being able exactly. to respond um, in that moment. Right. Good. Uh, any last thoughts, Jordan, for Johnson? Well, I, I, I just, for for most of our callers, I just like to highlight that um, at the highest level, these conversations are what makes the difference between a successful executive and a successful leader and one who is not. And my experience uh in working with those folks is they spend a lot of time figuring out how they're going to say these things. And they also spend a lot of time working on themselves. So am I being overly reactive to people's judgments? Am I being underreactive? Are people angry with me and I'm in denial? Are they, they, they're looking at both how are they showing up as a person and they're looking at um, also how are they communicating things and what, you know is there, a, is there a better way to say it? technique piece. Mm -hmm. So you all are asking the right questions, and the higher up you get, the more important this stuff is. So I would encourage you to have lots of conversations with them, 
about these situations with your peers, with your coaches, um, and because this is really a key piece of the next step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think uh, we're about out of time for questions, but I wanted to just, Valerie and um, Jordan, create a space for you to share maybe top of mind anything we haven't shared that you think might be important to just support individuals in their development in having these difficult conversations, particularly in their workplaces. Anything else you'd share, anything you'd underscore, Jordan? Yeah, so I think I think that last piece was it. They're critical. Um, they're important to the career, and it's a combination of managing your own internal reaction so that you remain calm and compassionate in the face of conflict, and also learning some perhaps one-down servant leadership kind of techniques about how do you say things, how do you frame it so that it's not me telling you that kind of thing. Yeah, I absolutely love that, remaining calm and compassionate in the in the face of these heightened, one might say, potentially anxiety-provoking conversations. Absolutely love that, and it, again, underscores how important it is to be able to monitor one's emotions as well as the emotions of others to really get some guidance on where the conversation or how the conversation um, is going and how it might go for the um, best outcome. Valerie, anything you'd add? Um, I would simply say conquer your fear of having the conversation, shift your own internal conversation uh, to a positive one, that it may be difficult, but it can have a good outcome and it will be uh, impactful for me as an individual, for the person I'm having the conversation with, and even for the organization. So I think it's really facing the fear of having the conversation. Great. Thank you. And, Jordan, any events or things you have coming up that you would want to just put out there related to this topic or not? just want to offer you anything that you would want to um, provide as a resource or you want to provide the website to Custom Matrix? Well, that was, I, I tell you what. One of my colleagues is doing a uh, management development academy for middle management, and it will cover a lot of these things. And um, she is with me in, uh, she is part of Custom Matrix, and uh, it's, it's So where can they find out more information? Is yeah, there a website? She, they, they could contact her at lshoub, L-S-H-O-O-B, at custommatrix.com, C-U-S-T-O-M-A-T-R-I-X. Wonderful. And do you know the dates? Uh, they're starting in mid-September, and I do not remember. I hadn't, I hadn't thought you would ask me this, so I haven't. Yeah, you don't have it in front of you, but no, no worries. And they run for about eight weeks. Okay, great. And I'll also just mention we have the advance coming up that's, that is um, offered as a collaborative between InnoVisions with the Neighborhood House Association and the Alliance for Children and Family Services out of Milwaukee. It's going to be held in San Diego, California, November the 14th through the 17th, and I should say that the Advance is a cultural competence academy for leaders. Um, Valerie, how about yourself? Anything you want to announce? No, not at this time, Dr. J. I would just reiterate the academy, uh, the Advance Academy. Okay, fabulous. Jordan and Valerie, again, thank you so much, and thank you to our listening audience and for all of you who sent in questions today. Really appreciated it. Please join us 
next week on Wednesday and every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.